How did a broke single mom who'd been fired from Dennis go on to become America's most sought-after real estate investor? Hold on to your seats as you are about to go on a wild ride that results in you being a superstar. Dwanda Twyberg, aka Dwanderful, is about to blow your mind. The most wonderful real estate podcast ever promises to be your go-to podcast for everything that life has to offer. You are entering the Dwanderful Zone. Hey everyone, I'm back in person to talk to you again. I know it's really been a minute since I've done a one-on-one podcast. I think the last one I did was in February, towards the end of February when my husband was in the hospital. So I've done lots since then with all the guests and all the great people that I've interviewed, but I have not had the time to come back and just get back with y'all, talking one-on-one and saying hey and what's up. And it's so exciting for me today to be able to be back with you again. So uh, for the new people that are like, I don't even know who she is. I'm Dewan Bent Twyford. I'm America's most sought after real estate investor. And you are listening or watching the most wonderful real estate podcast ever. Super excited to have you on the show today. Super excited. And if you want to learn more about, I'm here to help you learn how to become a real estate investor, to become a millionaire, and to change your finances. That's what I do. Been doing it for 30 years, over. I'm still just 29. And so excited to be talking with you guys directly again. I mean, I've had so many great guests. I love my guests. You know that. But you all know I like talking to you one-on-one and updating you and letting you know what's happening and Gosh, has so many things changed. Holy cow, do we have a lot to talk about today? So, you know, my motto has been the new you in 22. And even though it's a little later in the year, it's not too late to still grab hold of this year and make something happen. Not too late. I know a lot of people still haven't gotten any deals. They're still listening, learning, going to workshops. It's like, come on, stop. It is time to make things happen. Uh, our motto here at Dwonderful is people before profits, people before profits, and the website is dwonderful.com. And you know, I always start off, we have a drink and we have a toast, and I did not grab anything to drink. Okay, so cheers. Nice to have you here. Take a stretch, take a breath. And just open your mind to learning and having fun. And you know, I like to start each pod. You know, that's the first time I've ever sat down for a podcast since I started four years ago and not had something to drink. I'll be like so thirsty by the time I'm done today. <laughs> so fake cheers. It's still all good. I'm just happy that you're here. All right, so I like to start off. I like to read a couple five-star reviews. Gosh, I have so many reviews, guys. So many, like I'm into the thousands now. So here is one from Tony Takahishi. I hope I said it right. From the United States. Entertaining as well as informative. It's so refreshing. Finally, finding an investing business podcast is, is not only motivating, but also fun to listen to and offers real business tips you can execute immediately. Oh, thank you, Tony. Um, you know, I never read these ahead of time, so I'm hoping one day I don't just stumble on some awful pod, <laughs> awful review. Ah, uh, easy to execute tips, five stars. 
If you need real estate info and motivation to get started, I highly advise you to listen to this podcast, Josiah Cottrell from the United States. Thank you guys. Thank you. Thank you both of you for writing such a great review. I'm excited that you did. If you would like a chance to have your review read, you have to subscribe. You have to leave a five-star review and then you have to write something. And then I print them all out and I've got a kajillion of them and I read a couple every show. So I'd love to be able to read your podcast. So let me know you're listening and let me know you're with me and let me know you're having fun. And you know, anything you ever want to learn or know about that I don't cover, just let me know about that too. Okay. All right. Now we are going to talk about, I got to tell you. (laughs) So, you know, uh, I do a lot of teaching. I do a lot of speaking and Bill and I are really focused in Iowa right now, so have not been doing a lot of deals locally. But while he's been going through this entire stem cell transplant, we're living right here in Denver. And so my daughter and my daughter-in-law's sister, so Ayla and Felicia are like, oh, we want a doorknob, we want to get back into doing deals, we've got some rentals, but we want to do this and that. And I thought, well, you know what, this will be super fun. So I've been going out every Monday and going door knocking. And the funny thing is we're meeting these different investors and like they don't, and I'm not saying I'm somebody, but they don't know who I am. And they're like, oh yeah, you know, I've done 50 deals and I'm a quick buyer and I can close cash. And they're like saying all this stuff that I guess maybe they might think is impressive. I'm just like, mm, okay. And I, you know, but we found, we found a whole handful of people. So let me just tell you something. So we went uh, two Mondays I think we knocked on 15 doors, and but we have three contracts. So when you guys oh, door knocking does work, it, door knocking does work. And the reason we have three contracts is because we went and met some people that were only about 45 days away from the foreclosure sale. So I normally work uh, late leads, and we mail postcards, and you know we do all the things like that. But again, I want to get out, I want to get in the field. And you know, I've been, we've been living here. This is where we've been living this whole time. So I thought it'd be nice to just to get out like in the actual field and see what's happening out there. And it's just really been super eye-opening. One of the things that I did not realize until I got out on my own is how aggressive the banks are being. So the banks are being, I mean like really, really aggressive. So for example, I'll talk to you about, uh, I'll talk to you about Doug. So I'll give you my Doug case study. Now, Doug is a super nice guy. Uh, We found him a couple weeks ago. His sale date when we found him was only about 15 days away from the the foreclosure sale. So I was like, okay, well, I said it's really close. I don't know how anyone's like helped this guy till now, but somehow he just got overlooked or didn't want to talk to anybody else or whatever. When we came along, he was like, oh yeah, what do you guys have? I want to talk, what's going on? So we called his bank. First we called him, he has um, Selena, I think Selena Servicing Company. So I got on the phone in his house, made a three-way call with Selena Servicing. And they were like, nope, we already mailed them a loan modification. They didn't send it back. So we're not doing it. No more loan modifications. We gave everybody a chance. And if you all remember two years ago, in the beginning of 2020, when that whole nationwide forbearance agreement came into play, I told everybody, don't do it. Make your mortgage payments. Go back and listen. 
It's going to be bad. It's going to not end well. And so now we're in 2022, and it's towards the end of the year, and the nationwide forbearance got lifted. I think it got lifted maybe back in December 2021. I think December 2021, uh, right around there, maybe January 2022 is when they made like the official announcement on the news. Nationwide forbearance agreement's over. So the banks have been really foreclosing very aggressively. Okay, so Doug. Now Doug only owes uh, 160000 on his house, and his house is worth four fifty. dollars This is a lot of equity. So I start talking. I'm like, hey, you know your sale dates. Yeah, I know it's coming up. And so he did what so many homeowners do. And he has a bank statement, and on his bank statement, it shows that his payments are 15000 behind. Now think about this. He's only $15,000 behind on his payments because his payment is under $900. But he started having some health issues. He's doing dialysis now. So just like with everybody else, there's always a reason. And he did make his payments, um, but he fell behind, you know, more reason. I think he made a few and then the bank was like, no, we're not taking any more payments. So they sent him a loan modification and he looked at it and it's like, oh, I don't have the money. So he just threw it away. So from the bank's point of view, they attempted the loan mod. He threw it away. He didn't respond back. So the bank said, okay, we're going to take your house. That's how the banks are. They don't care really about homeowners at all. They're happy to lend you money. Once they lend you money, uh, you don't pay it back. They, they get a little aggressive. So his sale date was scheduled for... So this is, you're going to hear this in September. His sale date was scheduled for August. Um, hang on, let me just look real quick on my phone. His, his sale date was scheduled for August 25th. Now, he went down and filed a Chapter 13 bankruptcy on August 24th. And normally, in bankruptcy, it postpones the sale. And the homeowner has a chance to go to the 341 hearing and they have to a chance to go before the bankruptcy court and say, hey, I'd like to you know, extend my time. And, and this is something that we you know, recommend for homeowners. If you're within like a week or two of your sale, file Chapter 13 and it at least stops the immediate sale date. But the bank only moved the sale date back to September 1st. So August 25th is September 1st. And then we got the letter from the trustee and it says typically... When a homeowner files a Chapter 13 bankruptcy, the sale date gets postponed 30 days for the uh, trustee, the bankruptcy court, to review the paperwork. So in some cases, all it does is postpone the sale for like 10 days. And if this and this and this isn't done, the house is going to sale. So now here these guys are, he and his brother are 71, 73. And... We happened to find them maybe around the 20th of August or something like that. And I said, well, listen, you're going to have to, you know, and I explained the kind of the bankrupt, the gist of it, because, you know, I, I can't teach bankruptcy as an attorney. I've seen other homeowners. That's what they did to stop their sale because there really wasn't even enough days. I mean, I guess we could have seriously pushed it, but title companies don't like it when you come in and like screeching for a 48 hour closing. And they wanted to contact their bank and find out what they owed. And I said, well, they, we only owe 15000 according to this bank statement. I said, yeah, but when you call the bank to find out what it's going to cost to bring a current, they're going to add in all the attorney's fees and add in this and add in that. 
and I get all added in, I said it's probably going to be at least double, at least double. Well, okay, so we call the bank, we get them to send in the, what it'll cost to bring it completely current with all the fees, and it was $42,000. So I met them at their house on the day that the bank sent the paperwork. We opened it up, and we looked at it, and they're like, how can this be $42,000? Because they had saved up $13,000, because their bank statement says, your next payment is $15,000. So they had saved up 13 and we're going to borrow some from the sister to pay the 15. I said, no, you can't just wire the money to the bank. And they were going to wire the money like on the 24th of August. And I said, no, it doesn't work that way. You have to find out what it costs to reinstate. Let's call the bank. The bank sent over the figures and it took a couple days. So all this happened for like a week leading up to the sale date. We got the reinstatement figures and they were $42,000. So he starts crying. His brother starts crying. I start crying. <laughs> Ada's with me and she starts crying. Because they're just like, but every month I get a statement saying, here's how much you owe. This is the next payment, next payment. I say, yeah, they keep adding the payments. But you guys have been in foreclosure for like 13 months. And you have to get the reinstatement figures. And I told you it would be at minimum double. And it's 42000 So they're like, well, we can't come up with $42,000. And so at that moment, they're like, okay, so we just want to sell our house to you and we'll just, you know, we're going to move and that's it. Now with them owing 160 and their house is worth 450 and is in pretty good shape, I'm actually giving them $100,000 as a net profit to them. And we are going to make, well, by the time you hear this, hopefully we'll have made 40 and I'm selling it to a guy that's just going to put in carpet paint, it's got a new roof, put in some central air and they're going to keep it for a rental. So keeping it for a rental, we were able to sell it for 40, 85% of the value. So this was the case that they had had other people reach out and they said no. They had other people come to the door and they said no. But when we came, and probably it's because we're so hot and it's my pink hair. Maybe. I don't know. I think sometimes the, the pink hair and being just a girl helps in general. But anyway, you know, they're guys. And, uh, and I'm not saying that. Just... Don't make it mad at me right now and hate me now. So, but when we got there, they were like, oh, and I said, listen, do you know you have a sale date set in less than, I think, it, let's see, it's 25th. It had to be 15, 10 days. You got a sale date, like literally in 12 days, the bank's going to close up for holes on your house. They send the sheriff, they change the locks, they put all your stuff on the sidewalk and they move you out. And they had no idea. I'm like, what? So when I did not let them brush me off, I said, no, 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 y'all are going to talk to me. When I explained all that, they were super taken back because they had no idea that that's how it goes. I'm like, yeah, that's how it goes. People don't realize like the ugly side of what happens when the bank forecloses on your house. They send the sheriff and they bring people and they move every single thing onto the sidewalk. They change the locks and secure the house and the bank owns it. So as soon as I told them all that, and then they're like, okay, let's see what the bank figure is. If it's you know 15 or 16,000, we'll borrow a little bit of money. And, and it came up to be $42,000. So now they can't borrow any money. It's too much for them to even think about trying to catch up on. Like, okay, we're going to sign a contract with you, and we're going to sell it, and we're going to move. So I normally don't give a homeowner $100,000. But the fact that they owe $160,000, I can give it to them for $260,000, and I can still sell it for $300,000, and someone else is getting it for $450,000, and they just have to put in carpet paint and an air conditioner. Like, that's it. It's got new roof. It's got windows. They've been maintaining and keeping up with the house. But people don't realize they will make up and keep up and put a roof on and do all this stuff, not realizing that the bank's adding on fees, 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 fees. So 
I'm hoping nothing happens between now and the close, and I don't want to jinx it. <laughs> and it closes, but I'll let you know. I'll come back and say, hey, the deal closed. They're like, oh, boof, it didn't happen. But, you know, when you get when you think you're going to make 40 grand in your mind, you're like, oh, I'm going to make 40 grand. It's going to be great. And, you know, you kind of got the money spent already. So, but the thing that surprised me the most is that when he went down to file bankruptcy, they took the papers. He did just a very minimal that you have to do to file the bankruptcy. And then the then we called the trustee later that day to make sure we had a case number and we called the public trustee to pull the file. And they wrote a letter back and said, yes, we're going to pull the file for August 25th, but we're only moving until September 1st. So that's just, a, that's 10 days. No, not even. The third, no, that's not even 10 days. That's one, two, three, four, five, six. That's six days. They're moving for just six days. It's like, hang on a minute. So I do have someone that I can flip it to that can close Wednesday. So we can do a super fast, quick closing. But I, I wanted to give them like 30 days to find a place and get out of their house and not have it be so quick and so stressful. So we'll see if that happens. So we're, I have a call in to the attorney for the bankruptcy and I'm gonna ask, can you just give us a 30 day extension? I have a contract on the house, I'm gonna close, but I need a little bit more time to close. And if they say no, then we're gonna do one of those Super fast, quick, 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 boom, it's closed in five days, and I'll just pay a little extra bit to the title company. And if I can get it extended, I'll get it extended. Because I wanted to give them uh, at least till about the 10th of September to give them a little bit of time to find a place. And then the person I'm selling it to is going to give them 30 days to get completely out. So I've been living there for 17 years. So what I found out is when I'm talking to his bank, because usually a bank's like, oh, we'll try to work something out. This bank was like, no. The forbearance agreement lasted too long. The government forced us into this forbearance agreement. We didn't want to do it anyway. The banks have lost trillions of dollars. We've sent every single homeowner in the country for a loan modification. They didn't send it back. We're not giving any more breaks, no more examples, no more nothing. If they didn't send it back, we're taking their house. So I've never had a bank rep be that aggressive. I was a little bit taken back. I was like, wow, okay, I'm being a little bit of a bully over here. They go, no. We've sent everything. We've done this. We've done that. The banks are, we're tired. I was like, wow, okay. Well, as it turns out, I said we got three people in the contract. So I contacted all three of their banks because I'm just trying to find out what they owe. And all three of the banks said the same thing. They go, we're not doing anything. We mailed everyone a loan modification. And my other woman, I'll talk to you about her next week. They go, we mailed her two loan modifications. She didn't mail them back. No options for her. So they did mail loan mods. And what happens is homeowners get paperwork from the bank. And then they think, oh, they see a loan mod. He says, send this much in and we'll put your payments. And they go, I don't have that. They just throw it away. They don't know to call the bank and say, hey, I can't do that because we'll work something else out. So homeowners will just throw it away. But the banks count that as an attempt to resolve the issue. So the three people I've, I've got right now under contract, and we got all three of them, just so everybody knows, we went on a Monday and the next Monday. One day on a Monday. Skips all week, went the next day on the Monday, and we have three contracts. So don't tell me door knocking doesn't work. Well, I knocked on uh, 15 doors altogether. We spent one day putting out signs. We spent one day just driving neighborhoods so I could get familiar with the neighbors that were working because I haven't door knocked directly in a while. I have to tell you, it felt really good to be out there. I love talking to all the homeowners. We met so many great people, and I gave some people some great advice, and we were able to help two people keep their house. I was like, oh, I miss the people. 
because we've been so tied up in Iowa for the last five years. It's good. So I'm going to keep door knocking with the girls every Monday through the end of 2022. So I have, I'm sure I'll have a lot of like fun stories to share. And this will be like, you know, stories from the field, like, you know, in the field. I'm in the field right now. And the homeowners are funny because a lot of times they're like, oh, well, I know this and I know that. And they're trying to tell me what they know, what they've learned, and what they heard, and what they read. And part of me wants to say, listen, dude, I've done over 2,000 deals. I've been, my personally, I've got 500,000 students. I've been doing this for 30 years. There's nothing I don't know. I have a podcast. But then I want them to think like, oh, wow, she's so sharp. She knows everything. I don't know. You know I don't know. I don't want people to know. But weirdly, the investors that we met, they're like, oh, you sound really, sound really like you know what you're doing. Yeah, because they're just meeting me. And one guy's like, I've seen you somewhere. And he goes, do you have a podcast? And I said, I do. He goes, oh, my God, I listen to you. So three, so three of the new investors that we met, one of them would kept looking at me and looking at me. And he's like, and then he asked me about the podcast. I said, I do. He goes, I listen to your show. It's wonderful. I said, that's right. He said, that's you? Oh, my God. I'm working with a star. So now he's all weird and starstruck. So... <laughs> It has really been super interesting being out there with everybody. So here was the deal to wrap up. So we met Doug, met him about 10 days or so before his sale date, called the bank and said, we need a, a reinstatement and also a payoff. They got both to us. It took four days, four business days to get that done. Then the reinstatement was 42,000 and they had already saved 13,000. The bank said no chance at all hard no nothing okay so they filed bankruptcy august 24th the sale date's august 25th it did stop the sale date but right now it's only moved to september 1st so when this podcast comes out it'll be a couple weeks before i can update you and let you know what happened so i do have the chance again to close really quickly um they owe 160 that's all the way up to the penny i offered to give them 100 because they've lived there 17 years and you know they're in their 70s so that would put it at 260 and then sell for three. The guy's getting it for three is going to put about 20 into it and sell for 450. So it's a good deal for everybody all the way around. Plenty of equity, plenty of money for everybody. Everybody's happy. Everybody's like, woohoo. And now we just have to get the, the bankruptcy thing to work. But the, this is the first time in 33 years of investing that I've seen when a person filed bankruptcy, I've seen the trustee only move the sale date to the first of the next month. So it's the 25th is the sale date. They moved to September 1st. Never in my entire 33 year history. So I was like, that doesn't sound right. It has to be October 1st. So I called them myself. I called the attorney. They said, no, that's all we're doing. We're moving it to like the next, the first day of the next month. And if we get a few more pieces of document from them, we may move it back. But at most, they would move it back to September 25th, which is 30 days after the original sale date of August 25th. So I was like, so I asked the bankruptcy trustee, I was like, is that how you guys do it? They go, no, not normally, it's not like that. But the banks are just literally fed up and they're tired of waiting. And they, you know, like I said, the forced forbearance agreement, because it was forced upon the banks. And they said they are literally, and, and bankruptcy, the thing about bankruptcy is it's federal. So it's federal. So you can't just make up rules per state. And they said no. And I said, well, but federal, they get a 341 hearing and they get this and they get that. And they said, yeah, they do. They're entitled to all of those things. But we are just pushing things and moving sale dates baits, baits back like a week at a time. It's like, but they're legally entitled to a 341 hearing. You cannot not give them the 341 hearing. Wow, wow, wow. How much fun did you just have? You listened to the most wonderful real estate podcast ever. Hey, do me a favor. 
If you love just one thing about the show, if you laugh, if you learn something, leave a five-star review, subscribe, and share it with a friend. Don't forget, next week, same bat time, same bat channel.